Um, I think we're going to start off a little bit different than uh, normal. This is the Calling in the Lost service. It's also where we, Calling in the Lost at its essence is believing God for salvation of people. Believing, we pray to the Lord that he would send laborers into the harvest. And as Dave would say, we put him in the place called done. And then we call, we call the lost in. Well, I think many of you are aware that right now there's a trouble going on in Israel. And um, <clears throat> it's an old, it's a resurgence of the, much of the same thing again. But uh, people are dying on both sides. And we, <clears throat> one thing that we know for sure, we are to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So rather than get involved in the news, you can get on the news. And, and, of course, if you're going to get on the news, I recommend CBN News or something like that, and not the secular media, because they, they're slanted. But let's uh, – how many remember the original yellow book, Prayers at Avail Much? Uh, it's still – I have it on my phone in Kindle. It's still one of my favorite books that I use. Uh, because the prayers in it are not based on the news, the prayers in it are based on Scripture. And that never changes, although the news does change. So they have one in here called Praying for the Peace of Jerusalem. Now, I want to tell you ahead of time, uh, if you want to write these Scriptures down, this prayer is based on these Scripture references. I see people getting ready to write. Joel 3.14 That's Joel, J-O-E-L, 3.14 Romans 11, verse 29 Job, chapter 22, verse 30 And Isaiah 45, verse 17 So... Rather than, it's a pretty long prayer, so rather than say it and then you follow after me, how about you just come in agreement with me? As I, this is all scripture, and we can just all come in agreement and as we pray collectively here, in a, where two or three are gathered in his name, where two or three agree, it shall be done. Father, in the name of Jesus and according to your word, we long and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that its inhabitants may be born again. We pray that you, Lord, will be a refuge and a stronghold to the children of Israel. Father, your word says multitudes are in the valley of decision, and whoever calls upon your name shall be delivered and saved. Have mercy upon Israel and be gracious to them, O Lord, and consider that they fight for their land to be restored. You, Lord, are their strength and stronghold in their day of trouble. We pray that they are righteous before you, and that you will make even their enemies to be at peace with them. Your word says you will deliver those for whom we intercede. Hang on. Your word says you will deliver those for whom we intercede through the cleanness of our hands. May they realize that their defense and shield depends on you. We thank you for your word, Lord, that you have a covenant with Israel and that you will take away their sin. They are your beloved. 
Your word also says that your gifts are irrevocable, that you never withdraw them once they are given, and that you do not change your mind about those to whom you give your grace or to whom you send your call. Though they have been disobedient and rebellious toward you, Lord, we pray that now they will repent and obtain your mercy and forgiveness through your Son, Jesus. We praise you, Lord, for your compassion and your forgiveness to your people. We praise you that they are under your protection and divine guidance, that they are your special possession, your peculiar treasure, and that you will spare them. For we have read in your word that all Israel shall be saved. Thank you, Father, for delivering us. Thank you, Father, for delivering us all from every evil work and for the authority you have given us with the name of Jesus. We love you, Father. We praise you. Every day with its new reason do we praise you. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper that love you, the holy city. Peace be within your walls and prosperity within your palaces. And if you agree with that, you can say, Amen Amen means so be it. Hallelujah. So be it. Hallelujah. All right, well, I want to continue a little bit from this morning's message, just the last part where we talked about um, his presence. And I spoke a little bit about the little teaching vision he gave me Saturday while I was in prayer here (laughs) about the hospital room. And there was a patient. How many knows the church is the patient? (laughs) The church needs to be revived. I mean, if we're... You know, if we're going to have revival, I think we're the first ones that have to be revived. And I'm talking about to the level, not that we don't love him, I'm not talking about that, but revived in the sense of doing Jesus meetings where the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear, and so forth, and where the same works are being done. And uh, so I, I shared this morning about that little quick vision. They're very quick, but as you meditate on them, there's a lot of truth. Because he's been showing me our access to the Father, the type and shadow being the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament tabernacle, where no man could enter in there. I mean, you talk about the presence of God. Even the high priest had to be careful going in there once a year because the presence of God was so strong, just the slightest uncleanness, and he'd fall dead. But thank God, that veil that separated man from God was torn in half the day Jesus gave up the ghost, the day he died on the cross, He died for all the penalty, all the sin of man. And that veil, it says, was ripped in two from the top to the bottom. And that's a four-inch thick curtain. I'd like to see that angel. (laughs) Or maybe it was the Holy Ghost. I don't know. But that, that curtain got ripped. Why? Because God's plan was never really to dwell in a secret hiding place hidden off away from man. He always wanted to walk in man. Always. Now... The vision he gave me, the one he, okay, I saw a person lying in a hospital bed. We've all seen that. Some of us have been there. I've been there. And they hook you up to something intravenous usually. And it's to give you liquid. It's to give you uh, medicine. But the idea is they, they hang that thing. It's gravity fed. So it's always hung above you, right? It's above you. And there's a tube that they connect to you usually in your arm. And what's in the bag the good stuff <laughs> comes from above and flows into you. And he's been showing me 
as we have access now into the very holy of holies, as we spend time in his presence, and it's not just worship, it's really your heart. It's not the legal hours that you put in. He's after our heart, and we are after his heart. As we spend time in the presence of God, when he showed me that, I said, are you telling me that as we spend time with you above, as we in the Spirit, in this new and living way, come into the literal holy of holies, in the Spirit, and I don't phys- mean we physically travel there, but in the Spirit, we are literally worshiping you, praising you, spending time in your presence. You're telling me that as we do that in heaven, somehow your presence, which would be the Holy Spirit, flows into us here on earth? And that's exactly right. That's exactly what Jesus taught in Luke chapter 11. We're, the idea was to get the bread, and the bread was for other people. It wasn't for you. It wasn't your provision. It's the kind of bread that Jesus delivered, where the blind saw, the lame walked, the deaf heard, and so forth. And he says, "You, if you want the bread, he'll give you the bread. But for years I missed it. He says, again, I know I'm repeating myself, but it's okay. For years I thought, I want the bread, Father. Send me the bread. I know, okay, I understand you're not like that guy that says no. My children are with you. You're not like him. You're a good father. You're going to give me the bread. But still, I had this idea, and I didn't know it, that I'm going to stand out on the front porch and wait for the bread to be thrown over the wall somehow. <laughs> and that's, if that's the case, then why have in there about knock? And the door will be open. Seek. And you'll find ask. I said, oh. How many years does it take you? <laughs> oh, it doesn't work by me standing on the outside and waiting for the bread to be thrown over the wall to me. What Jesus is teaching us is how he did it. This is why he would spend all night in prayer, all night in worship, all night alone with his father. I'm talking Jesus, the man, Jesus of Nazareth. He would spend all night in the father's presence. Then they would watch him come out the next day and shazam. <laughs> Power, miracles, boom, everything in the world. So that's why they were asking him. And he says, if you want the bread, you've got to go in. You've got to go into his presence. The asking, the seeking, the knocking. You can't stand outside. Now let me, let me qualify that a little bit. The Holy, you can do that. That's how the Holy Spirit worked miracles in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit was with them, but the Holy Spirit was not in them. That's how the 12 and the 70 did the miracles they did. He, he, it's the Holy Spirit with them, but it's not the Holy Spirit in them. See, Jesus is the vine. That's why he said it that way. In this parable, he is the tube. <laughs> you know, you've got that bag of medicine, whatever, the good stuff. Then there's you, but there's got to be a connection. There's got to be a connection from the, the, the source to you. Well, that spirit of Christ, that's why he says, no man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus is the vine. He is the connector. In this parable, he's the tube. He is, he is how the God comes in more and more presence inside of us. Through that, yes, sir, through that process, yes, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm. You know, I'm teaching right at the edge of what I know, so I have to be careful, okay? God is everywhere. God, David says, I could even go to hell and you'd still be there. I mean, there's nowhere I can go where you are not. But see, that, that knowledge does not open 
the blind eyes. That, that knowledge does not carry enough presence with it normally for the miracles to flow. There's a difference in the level of presence in the outer court than there is in the Holy of Holies. And he's calling us into the true Holy of Holies in the realm of the Spirit. It has to do with he seeks those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. It has to do with that, that we literally in our, our spirit man can enter into his presence and because of, we're connected by the vine of Jesus, by the tube of Jesus, literally, as we spend time in his presence, his presence flows into us. So when I saw that little teaching vision, I'm going, you're telling me that as we spend time in your presence above, you're above us, but as we spend time in your presence, something of you flows into us here below. And I, I believe that's exactly what he's saying. And I believe that's what Jesus was teaching in Luke 11 because they went in to get the bread. But what did they come out with? How much more would the Father give the Holy Spirit? But the Holy Spirit is also called the Spirit of your Father. Jesus would break the bread and look to heaven while he did it. He had, he knew that God the Father was seated at the right, or seated at, in heaven on the throne. He knew that's where the Father was, but at the same breath, he'd say, it's the Father in me doing the works. Well, how's the Father in heaven and in him? The Father's in him by the Holy Spirit. But he was in him at a presence level where the flow was just miraculous. Now, I do believe he wants me to share a few verses that you you need to mark these in your Bible. You might want to, these are going to be foundational for where we're going. There's one, two, three, four of them. You don't have to turn to them tonight, but it would be really good to make record of these and, and read them daily for a while, quote them daily, make confessions out of them. It's going to change the world. Us walking in this truth will change the world. Okay, well, the first one is 1 Corinthians 3.16. Know you not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. I've been meditating on that one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And we understand now that through the new birth, Jesus has made, has given us access, literally in the Spirit, to the Father. But see, the reverse process is that is true also. Through this new way the father has access to the earth through you now think about this blind Bartimaeus did the father love blind Bartimaeus before Jesus ever showed up the answer to that would obviously be yes God is love he doesn't have love he is love did God have the power to heal blind Bartimaeus before Jesus shows up? The answer again, God can do everything. Okay. Well, why in the world then did blind Bartimaeus have to stay blind until Jesus of Nazareth shows up? Is that a good question? Have you all ever thought about that? Say, well, God is sovereign. He can do what he wants. I agree with that completely. He is sovereign. 
And he sovereignly chose in the beginning of creation that man was going to have dominion on planet earth. And he gave that dominion to Adam, and Adam had it until he disobeyed God. He lost it until Jesus came. And when Jesus was baptized by John, I've taught on that many times, that was a visual vow that he's going all the way to the cross. The Father accepted that as, as a done deal. And actually what you're seeing there that day when John lays him down under the water, that's the death of the species of Adam as far as heaven is concerned, the first Adam. But when he's raised up out of the water, he's raised as the firstborn from the dead, the beginning of a new species of human. That's why he's called the last Adam. He is the firstborn from the dead, and he is going to start a whole new species of which we are not not spirits created from nothing, but spirits regenerated from the dead species of Adam. We're all raised from the dead. We're all quickened to new life. He is the firstborn from the dead. I looked it up in heaven. Hans is number 1,600,000. The point is your number's in there somewhere. Jesus is the first. But we're all part of a new species. And God's plan is to have dominion on planet earth through man. That's why... It wasn't until Jesus was coronated at the baptism of John as the last Adam. Then he also had to succeed where the first Adam failed. He had That's why the first thing that had to happen was his temptation in the wilderness. But he overcame. See, at the first Adam chose to believe what he saw and rather than believe what God had said. So he chose to obey the serpent. But when Jesus was tempted, he wouldn't vary from what God said. It is written, it is written, it is written. If the first Adam would have done that, of course, he, it just would have been, it is said, it is said, it is said. It wasn't written yet. But anyway, if the first Adam would have held to the word of God, we would not be in the predicament that we're in. But Jesus did it. That's why. See, yes, sir. Now get this scene. Here's another image for you. God among men. God wants to. Be. In Exodus, when we first see, before even Mount Sinai, we see God in the sense of the burning bush. We see God in the ten plagues of Egypt and so forth. But see, really, when God first started manifesting himself to his people, is on Mount Sinai. And at first, God is on top of the mountain, and it's very scary. Clouds and thunder and smoke and lightning and, and the sound of a trumpet. and It was so scary, the people backed way off. And that was, that was you know, God's on earth. But he's not with his people, really, just Moses. All right? That's not good enough. So God gives Moses instructions how to build this tabernacle, which is not on top of the mountain. It's down on the plain, and also it's portable. They can move it. And once that's done, God doesn't visit Moses anymore on the top of the mountain. Now God is able to visit Moses in the midst of the people. It's a... He's from the top of the mountain. At least he's in the midst of the people now. You see, can you see that? And under the old covenant, that's about, you know, later on Solomon, they did away with the tabernacle and built a temple. But still, God was in the midst of his people, but he was not inside of his people. We don't see God being inside of people until we see Jesus. Jesus, because he was born from the get-go with the very life of God. He had a place in him where God could dwell. And when he gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, God has taken his place in 
the temple. That temple being the Lord Jesus Christ. And all we, then what we see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is one temple with legs. <laughs> Can you see it? Jesus is the tent of meeting there. He is the tabernacle. He is the temple of God. And everywhere he goes, God is in the temple. See? And God's able to do what he wants through that temple. Only had one right there. That's Jesus Christ. But that's why in John 14, he says, The works that I have done, you shall do also. And it's better for you that I go away. I didn't get that for years. See, if he didn't go away, we could never be reborn and we could never become the temple of God. He said, it's better for you that I go away. I will send the Comforter. Well, that's the same Holy Spirit, the same Spirit of the Father that was living inside of him. And he's going, it's not God's plan that there only be one temple. He wants all of you to be temples with legs. (laughs) Portable temples of God. And everywhere you go, God is able to do his work through you just like he did his work through Jesus. I am preaching really good now. Feel that anointing. When my feet want to run, I know I'm doing good. Man, that's what he wants. That is the plan of God. It was his plan from the beginning. So I told you there was four verses. Now that's just number one. (laughs) Let me give you the other ones. So again, starting the list again. 1 Corinthians 3.16. I'm going to read that one again. Know you not that you, you are the temple of God. Isn't it interesting? That's written to the Corinthian church, the baby church, the kindergarten church, the church that has more problems than any other church. And to to them, he says, you are the temple of God. That should give you hope. (laughs) All right, now how about 1 Corinthians chapter 3, or this is just the next verse, verse 17. Now, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are. You are the temple. This is God's plan. When he, when you got born again, the connection was made. The, the tube was attached between you and the Father. (laughs) And the Father can flow into you. See, right now I'm hearing that verse. Out of his, those that believe on me as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of water, right? Rivers of living water. This spake he of the spirit which had not yet been given for Jesus was not yet glorified. But he has been glorified now. The Holy Spirit has been given. He's in the temple and he's trying to teach us how to let the river flow. Man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Amen. All right. Still in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. I didn't realize these are in, all in Corinthians. Now, 1 Corinthians six nineteen. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is with you? Is that what yours says? Which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. See, this is why in Romans 12, it says, Beloved, I beseech you that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Well, why? Because we're the temple now. We're the temple. God lives on the inside of us, and he's got a lot of work to do. 
what, what we call our calling, he says, this is what I want to do through you. It's just that simple to him. Gary, I want you to teach. I don't want you to think I've changed your calling when miracles flow from your fingers like water and start thinking you're supposed to travel now, which I may travel some, but that he's not changing my calling because the miracles show up. He says, no, he wants me to be more productive by producing more people that can do that. And it will be like the four-minute mile. It will be like that. Nobody thought they thought it was impossible. Nobody will ever beat the four-minute mile running, we're talking, until somebody did. Then everybody started breaking. <laughs> he said to me a long time ago, you're going to look back on these days and just laugh that you ever thought it was so hard. I want to read that part of the prophecy I read this morning. This is a little bitty excerpt from subsequent instructions that came through Pastor Bronk Flint on March the 8th, 2020. He says, you will be surprised. As I've said in other prophecies, you'll wonder in the days ahead of how easy these things will be. And how that just effortlessly that you will be able to lay hands on the sick. It'll be like a drink of water, a breath of air. The strain <laughs> of trying to push out doubt through mortification of the flesh, mortifying flesh or mind, or trying to mortify the mind is not the appointment that I've given you. I've given you, as I said again in reference to other prophecies, I've given you the authority. See, that's what we're to focus on. That you're to move out of that authority and that place in which everything comes, now notice, from the exuding of my anointing inside of you. God is in the temple. He wants to flow out of us like that rivers. I like plural. It says rivers of living water. The blind will see, the lame will walk, the deaf will hear, multitudes will be saved as they call upon the name of the Lord. And it's not going to be just the the big names, you know, like, and I thank God for the pioneers of the past, but this one's going to be different. He's going to be doing that through you. He's going to be doing that through you, you that's watching this, you that nobody knows your name. He knows your name. I like that song. He knows my name. He knows your name. <laughs> anyway, hallelujah. Will I ever get through reading these? Yes, I will. Now, this one's in 2 Corinthians. This is the fourth one. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. It says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, now here it is, here it is, I will dwell in them. He was not content to live on, on top of Mount Sinai. He was not content to live in that holy of holies in the, t the tabernacle. He was not content to just live in the holy of holies of the temple that Solomon built or the next temple that was built. He was not content just to live inside of one human being on planet earth and that one being Jesus. He says, I will dwell in them. All of them, all of us, God wants to dwell in us. Jesus is divine. He is the holy of holies within you. It is because you are a Christian that God can literally dwell in you. Now, he can work with others, 
but he dwells in you. And the works that Jesus did, we shall do also. I do understand now why it's expedient for him, for us, that he would go away. Because unless he did that, we would never have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. The same Holy Spirit, the same Spirit of the Father that lived on the inside of him. i got to turn this over. Hallelujah. I will dwell in them and notice and walk in them. God goes where you go. Or if you really learned how to be led by the Spirit, you go where he goes. <laughs> Paul got there. Maybe we should go to Bithynia. Have you been to Bithynia? Ain't nothing but a bunch of heathens over there. I bet God wants us to go to Bithynia. But the Holy Spirit forbade it. Well, we need to go here. We need Nope, nope. And then so the Holy Spirit gave them a vision so they'd know exactly where to go. See, I think even I would get it if a man from Macedonia, if I see a man in a vision from Macedonia saying, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us, I think I would get that. <laughs> I don't think I'd miss that like the coil wire. <laughs> I would get that one. I think we're supposed to go to Macedonia. Anyway, God is able to lead very precisely. Our job is to learn to wait on him. Learn to get quiet. Boy, if there was ever a season. And again, I'm not, I'm always when I'm preaching this, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're the people that are coming to prayer for the most part. You're the ones coming. And there's others that come that can't be here tonight. And I know others can't, and maybe they're, hopefully, I'm hoping they're praying at home. But I'm going to just make an appeal again. If you're, if you're in the Tulsa area, if you're a, call, if you're a member of this church, or we don't have an official, but if you, ca- if you consider yourself a part of this fellowship, if you can, come to as much of the corporate prayer as you can. There's never yet been a revival birth without prayer. There's never has been. And I know he can, I know he can do it with just a handful, and he will. But you're going to want part of the reward for this. So I'm just encouraging you. I'm going to say it again so you can look at this video. The church is open for corporate prayer Wednesday from noon till 8.30, Friday from noon to 8.30, and Saturday from 7 in the morning until noon. And when not everybody can come and stay those whole times. You can come and go. if, if you. Some people come after they get off work, and they'll come in at 7, 7.30, even if they just get in an hour. But one of the things he said in that prophecy, every moment counts. Every moment praying in tongues. Every moment in the Word. Even every moment of fasting. I like that one. I like that one. I only ate, I only ate half a donut the first time. I actually did this. I ate half a donut. I'm going to be good today. First, I was going to, not going to eat any donut. First, I'm hoping there is no donut in there. I walk in. Oh, God. Now, it depends on where they get the donut, because sometimes it's a closed top. You can't see what's in there. So I wasn't going to open the box Saturday. And I get there, and it's got a clear top. <laughs> you can see right in there. So I wasn't going to eat any donut, and that lasted for a little bit. Then I said, well, maybe just half a donut. Here's the flesh, you know, negotiating. Okay, I'll just go in there and cut half. A little while later, I went back in there. I wonder if anybody's ate that other half. <laughs> they hadn't, so I ate it. Okay, all right. Oh. <laughs> Transparency is a good thing. <laughs> but see, I don't... Anyway.
We've got to get to the place where we're, we're just dominant, where we absolutely walking by the Spirit. Hans's message this morning is right on target. You've got to focus not on the things, not on the donuts, really. That's not the focus. If you focus there, you're going to lose. You've got to focus on walking in the Spirit. I am who God says I am. Uh, I have dominion over my body. My, my body doesn't tell me what to do. I tell my body what to do. If you don't shut up, body, I'm not going to give you not only a donut, I'm not going to give you nothing for a week. You know, of course, it won't like that. But anyway, hallelujah. Well, I think that's I think that's it for tonight. You know, I, I, he's teaching me how to how to finish when I'm done. <laughs> you are the temple of God. This has been his plan from the beginning. He didn't want to stay on Mount Sinai. He didn't want to stay in a holy of holies in a tent. He didn't want to stay in a holy of holies of a brick temple or a stone temple. He didn't want to stay just inside the holy of holies of one man, that man being Jesus of Nazareth. No, it's expedient. It's better for you that I go away. If I don't go away, the Comforter will not come. Because he wanted, God wanted by his Spirit, to live in each and every believer. To be with us. How did he say it? To walk with us. I will dwell in them. And I will walk in them. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Glory to God. I want you to start getting a vision of where, where you go. You are the temple of God with legs. All things are possible everywhere you go. All things are possible. We're going to get to that place where it's going to just absolutely flow like so easy. It's just, it's just God in us. Hallelujah. I'm just glad it wasn't my phone this time. Yes, hallelujah. Remember that time I was preaching and that happened? And I, I took the phone and I slid it halfway across the hall over there. And zoom. Like that would shut it off. Hallelujah. I'm just glad it wasn't my phone. Father, we just thank you for where you're taking us, Lord. It's so much more important that we grasp every truth than that we try and present more truths than what we're grasping. Father, let us just grasp the truth that's in these four scriptures right now. That it, And the more that we spend time in your presence, the more we become full of your presence so that you fill the temple. Lord, we want to be so filled with the presence of God, it'll be like the temple of old where men couldn't enter. They couldn't stand because the presence was so strong. Father, we want to be filled like that, filled to overflowing, where when we walk in anywhere, Lord, even the sinners can tell God has walked in the room. And it's not us, Lord, but it's you in us. Father, thank you that we grasp every truth along the way. So that you can, you can do what it is you want to do through these temples. We praise you for it in Jesus' name and everybody says, Amen. Amen. All right.